You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, and I'm here with Colleen Ziegler, host of Heal Yeah. Hi, everyone. Yay! And we have on Zoom, live with us now, Tina Louise Belodi, and she is the founder of Prana Boost and Prana Boost Parenting. She's a mamapreneur, a soulpreneur, and just an all-around fabulous goddess. And Tina here has studied all kinds of facets in life, such as self-love, intuition, metaphysics, epigenetics, quantum physics. I mean, these are all the things that we kind of say are on the side, and you've taken them and you've merged them together, even with the EFT, law of attraction, nonviolent communication, and you've made it mainstream and part of your purpose in bringing awareness to parenting. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Yes. (laughs) So Lumineers, (laughs) please meet Tina. Hi. (laughs) So Tina, thank you so much for being here. I wanted to have you here so that we could talk about all this insight that you've gathered with feeling your way through parenting. Like, well, I don't want to be the only one talking here. You're the expert. I would love if you could share with our Lumineers a little bit about how you restructured your parenting skills, why you restructured them, and kind of the benefits that you've gotten out of it from switching from logic to heartfelt parenting. Well, it's it's been a long journey. It's been a journey of um, awakening and shifting our mindset and raising our awareness Um, You know, before I became a mom, I was with my husband for 10 years. So we had a long time together to get to know each other. We we met when he was 18 and I was 20. And we we had um, conflict in our relationship. You know, it's not like either one of us had come from a, a home or a family where emotional intelligence or emotional health and well-being was um, the focus, you know, of our family. So we didn't, even though I went to beauty school, I went to college, I had intuitive skills, but I didn't have any type of training or conflict resolution or anything like that. So um, right away, we worked very hard to upgrade our thinking to have the relationship that we desired. So we had already had an intention that if we had kids, you know, that um, that would be a big part of our relationship. Can, can I interrupt here? I'd love to hear how yeah. you worked with your partner at such a young age to have those conversations. Like, what was the startup? How did you open up about this kind of relationship building, being honest and vulnerable? Well, we were very close from the beginning. I think we had such a connection and I yeah, we were very close. We could talk about anything. We started to um, work together very soon, like start our own business, like in college. And we started to um, kind of deal with life together, like as soon as we met. And um, at the time, my parents were not in a good place in their relationship and they ended up divorcing um, after like 32 years of being together. So I knew for sure I didn't want what they had. I knew for sure that 
I, I mean, this was somebody I really liked and I really loved, like I really cared about him. And I was like, Hmm, like, why are we, why are we even fighting? And if we're fighting, like, why are we even feeling this way? And like, why are we upset? And I'm always been sort of a seeker and a questioner and a big, huge, like Oprah fan. <laughs> so oh, wait, it, it, it blubbed up. You've always been a, what kind of a fan? Oh, a big fan of the Oprah show. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. That ties it all together. It did. Yes. So, uh, you know, I was simultaneously watching soap operas like General Hospital and Oprah. <laughs> so I was, I was living in a world of, you know, like not healthy relationships and then watching Oprah and being like, hmm, I guess there's another way. And I just, it's funny. So I used to watch the Oprah show and then I used to like call Alan in. I used to be like, babe, you got to see this episode. And I mean, one time he just got so frustrated. He was like, stop Oprah sizing me. (laughs) But I said, I said, honey, we have to learn this. They don't teach this in school. We, We have to learn like how to handle ourselves. And to be honest with you, Alan had a lot of anger, um, a lot of anger issues when I met him. And so that was actually the reason I I knew that I wanted to be with him, but I had boundaries and standards. I said, I wouldn't be with him if we weren't able to, you know, work through this in a better way and a healthier way. So yeah, just like from the beginning, we started doing that. Um, We started reading, we started talking, we started trying, you know, working to manifest new ways. And I remember one time we were having this like horrible fight and I was crying. And I was like, I don't think we're supposed to be together. Like it it shouldn't be this hard. And he looked at, he looked at me and he goes, but we always have a really good time when we go to Vegas or we take a trip. And I was like, well, what on earth does that mean? And he's like, you know, when we're not stressed, we have like the best time together. (laughs) He's like, obviously we just have to learn how to handle our emotions and handle our stress better. So So that was, that was like a big turning point for us. Was this some of the foundation of what inspired you to begin to look at emotions to lessen stress levels, to create a better life? Yes, absolutely. So we were, um, we, you know, he, his response always went to anger when he um, felt emotions and he, mine would go to sadness. His would go to anger. And in fact, we had this, um, nobody knows this, but I used to, um, take like the car keys, like his car keys. And I, if he started to get upset, I used to hide him in the freezer because I didn't want him to drive anywhere angry. Mm, smart. So oh, I thought you did it just to yeah. irritate him anymore, like more to get back at him. But I like the fact that oh you were God, saving him from driving in anger. Funny, right. Like, <laughs> No, I, no, I really, I still cared about him. Even when we were like arguing, I still cared about him. So I wanted him, he was safe. He could go for a walk. He could walk out, something like that. But I just didn't want to make sure he didn't drive like that. So I, I really was interested in learning about um, emotions and trying to figure out why he was being triggered, like why he was reacting like that, why I reacted the way I did. Um, and I just knew I wanted a better relationship for us than the examples that we had in our lives. So once you figured this out between each other, how to de-stress, mm-hmm. be more vulnerable emotionally, and you decided to have children, did you like look at each other and go, okay, when we have kids, this is exactly what we're going to do? Like, you know, most people, when they start a family, they go, we're not going to be like our parents. We're going to do this differently. Right. 
Did you guys have that pep talk before this or did this all come about organically? Well, we did have that talk. In fact, when I was pregnant, we were, um, we were working on a project and I was having, we were having a hard time and we were kind of disagreeing about something. And, um, he said something that wasn't very kind. And I, I reacted by, by saying like, Shh, like, she's going to hear you. Like, she's going to hear what you're saying. And he's like, who's going to hear me? Mm-hmm. And I was like this baby that I'm carrying. And I had this, like this epiphany, like if I'm sharing nutrition and, you know, like all these things to, you know, with my child, because I'm pregnant, you know, I must be sharing like my thoughts and my feelings and emotions with her. And, you know, now we know like Dr. Bruce Lipton teaches and many quantum physics people can prove, um, you know, uh, they can feel what we feel and they can, um, understand our emotions. And that was a big wake up call for me. And I, I pretty much told him that our, in, our intentions moving forward be to raise our awareness about how we handle ourselves. I heard somebody else who did research on this and they call it womology. Mm. There's a book written on womology and it's how the the fetus from, yeah, from cellular clusters up until birth processes all of your energy, your emotions, your thoughts, your food, everything, and creates habits and personality characteristics in the womb. Crazy, right? I love it. Yes. Was your, was your husband on board with you at this time when you presented this to him? Well, listen, I, I, I also know, <laughs> don't laugh. <laughs> no, listen. Um, so I, I could prove anything like in a court of law, like, you know, Deepak Chopra writes about that too. I love that lumology. And he talks about the phenomenon of mere neurons and, you know, the neurons of the baby essentially mirror the neurons of the, you know, the mother and mm-hmm. any caretakers, right? So he was not interested in any of this stuff back then. Um, in fact, our journey to, you know, parenting the way that we have sort of went like this. Um, I think I was very upset at him. I, I, you know, he was reading everything about everything he was interested in. He was such a self-directed, amazing learner and entrepreneur. He would read all these books and all this stuff and all this computer programming and everything. And, but I was very resentful and upset that he wouldn't read anything about parenting. And then I started to read a couple of things on parenting and I was like, wait a minute, these books are terrible. Um, <laughs> this is not how I want to parent. This is not how I would like to treat my child or anything like that, the ones that I had, you know, um, purchased. And one time I even handed him a book and he threw it across the room. <laughs> Wasn't going to have it, huh? No, but it was, you know what, later on, obviously, as I, you know, paid attention to my own energy that I brought to the situation, I was coming from a place of fear. I was and you know like please you have to help me I can't do this alone and then something shifted where I knew that I had to take the lead because a I was interested in it and b I was determined so I kind of went to him and said listen I can see that you're not like into this and you're not really going to read up on it or kind of help me so I would like to make an agreement that you follow my lead I will do the research I will read I will work on this and I will come to you and share the information with you but I would like you to trust me and let me decide, like me leave. And (laughs) before I even finished that sentence, he was like, okay. Wow. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) 
That's fantastic. Yeah. That was easy. Yeah. So let's take a moment yeah. and talk about that very specific style of parenting that you read about, found, and resonated with. As I was reading through on your website, and I've had the pleasure of meeting you once before, and I just loved you, didn't want to hang up the phone at all. But I was looking at your website, pranaboost.com, and you also have pranaboostparenting.com. You share a little golden nugget that really emphasizes how different your approach to parenting is. And what you said is you sometimes end up as the black sheep in your relationships with your extended family, your friends, and society. I mean, you were going so far out of our societal norms that you're stating here people can't just resonate with you or look at you and go, yeah, so normal, you go do that. So this has to be very tough to not only do it your own way, but also have the eyes upon you from these sources around you going, eh, that's not really normal or that's not really good. Like the judgment eye. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you it's been a very lonely journey. It's been, I see, I didn't find anything in these parenting books that resonated with my soul, with what I, I knew these, you know, I, I had two girls, so it was a process, you know, um, to learn all of this, but I knew how I wanted to connect with them. And because I grew up in a disconnected environment where emotional health and well-being was not the priority, that was my priority for my kids. I wanted to be connected with them, to um, care about how they feel. I wanted to listen to them. I wanted them to have a voice in our home. And, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to give them what I didn't have. And then when I had them, I learned I had to give them what they needed, not what I needed. Big aha moment. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, the golden rule do unto others as you would do, you know, like done unto yourself. I was like, we need like a platinum or rainbow rule. Mine is, um, you know, like do unto others as they need. And so I had to learn, you know, how to tune in and listen to my intuition, but then listen to my child's intuition, listen to my child's needs um, without judgment and help them with what they needed, regardless of how I saw it. How did that go? Like, well, it wasn't accepted. It wasn't accepted to really give my child a voice. I remember one time we were at a restaurant and it was very loud and I have very sensitive psychic children and they're so intuitive. And even as a baby, my first daughter, Isabella, she's almost 15 now. Um, she was so sensitive. Like, and so if I needed to leave a loud restaurant, I would just get up and I would tell them, I would say, you know, my Bella's having a hard time. Like we're going to go or we're going to step outside. We're going to see how she feels. Like my um, goal was, and you know, it was just literally to take care of them. What do they need? And it was not just their physical needs. It was their emotional um, well-being. So no matter what anyone said and people would be like, you're just going to leave. And I'm like, yeah, she needs me. Like she needs me all the time. And right now she needs me because this restaurant is very loud. It's very overwhelming. And so it just, it didn't go over well to, you know, the way that um, some people reacted was like, you're going to let a child, you know, determine what you do or tell you what to do. And um, um, so it was just, we had a different viewpoint. I understood what they needed and, you know, they, they didn't understand what I was doing just because it looked very different. It's so interesting that immediately the people around you flipped it to, oh, now the kid is ruling you. 
like you were surrendering mm-hmm. your power or sense of authority mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. most people define parenting as authority figure. Mm-hmm. But I like to see it as care provider. Like what you're mentioning, you are paying attention to the child's needs and getting those needs met. But how interesting it is that people just immediately go, oh, you're going to just, you're spoiling that kid. You're going to, that kid is just running your life. Oh right? yeah. They used to say, you're, yeah. I was like, can you really do that? Can you give someone to my love? Gosh, I've never really heard of that or the effects of it. Like I wasn't it's- even being sarcastic, sounds sarcastic, but I was like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously? And it's funny. Um, you know, um, people would say not to respond to their cries or like, oh, they're just crying and cover them up with a blanket. I'm like, she's not a bird. Like she's She's not a bird. Cover her with a blanket. Well, the other, the other thought I was having is that our children do run our lives and that's not a bad thing. I love Like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting, but you know, I guess because my intention with my husband was to be partners. Like we, we were partners and we were like equals in the relationship. We came to parenting with a different, you know, mentality than most people. So we, we decided to create a family based on partnership. So, you know, we, we were like all on the same team, like we're all, you know, headed for the same goals and the same intention. And we're all, um, there to help each other. So nobody, so we don't have an authoritarian household. Nobody is above each other. They don't have to fear us. Um, we are their guide. Like I say that we're our child's first transformational, like coach or mentor or guide. Um, and you know, this was a way that I could assist them without, um, being in charge of them, you know? That's a fine line. I don't think people understand how to be a care provider without telling mm-hmm. somebody how to take care of themselves. What were some techniques or things that you found that helped you? Well, you know, it was, listen, I'm almost 15 years in <laughs> to all of this. So it, it, was a, it was a very gradual experience. You know, one of the things that I um, noticed about myself is that I noticed when I had reactions, when I would react rather than respond, you know, and I would Mm. think, why did I do that? I I also had huge self-awareness. So I, I knew that without having awareness, emotions are very contagious. Um, so I would see the effects of that. Tina, back up and say that again. I love that phrase. Okay. Um, without awareness, emotions are contagious. So if you are simply like reactive rather than responsive, you're going to create negative interactions and disconnection with well, the isn't people it, you love most. Isn't it amazing too how even with all of this knowledge that we have, when certain things happen, we still revert back to these indoctrinated behaviors that we learned either growing up or seeing others do. And we know better. And it's almost like watching someone from the outside in. Yes. And without awareness or without upgrading our limiting beliefs and our mindset, if we don't consciously do that and, and understand our subconscious reactions, you know, these are, these are things that will just come out. I mean, we will, you know, people say like, I, Oh, I sound like my mother. or I sound like this. Mm-hmm. I, I would have, I did not want that. I did not want to sound like anyone else. I wanted to make sure that I was in control of my own energy. And I have a favorite quote. Um, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. 
She is a um, neuroscientist. She's like a, a brain doctor. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her who actually um, had a stroke. And have you heard of her? And with her high awareness, she witnessed herself having the stroke. She says, please be responsible for the energy we bring into this space. She has a fabulous TED talk on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I didn't even know that quote when I started, but I was living that. I was kind of like knowing like, oh gosh, like I really need to get control of myself. Why am I getting triggered? You know, when I had two kids and the kids started to fight, that was a huge trigger for me. And I could, I could trace my beliefs and my thoughts. What was I thinking? Like, oh my God, both of these children came out of me and they're now like fighting with each other. I can't <laughs> choose one. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> So I would get like really triggered, but I had the awareness that I was like, hmm, gosh, like I'm getting really triggered. So I did a lot of apologizing. And what I used to do, honestly, one of my methods when they were really little is I used to ask the angels for help all the time. It's a good point. I used to say like, yeah, I, well, I didn't have anyone around me that really like believed in the stuff that I believed in. So I went metaphysical and I was like, oh my God, angels, please help me. I, I don't know what to do. Please help them, you know, um, align their energy. And then, then I actually, when the girls were kind of old enough, I would tell the girls, they would say, you know, ah, and I would say, listen, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what you guys need. I'm not even sure what's happening. Um, you know, I, I would say like, how can I help? Like, do you have any ideas? What do you guys need? Like, what do you need me to do? And, you know, most of the time that would just confuse them because I think they were like, well, if we can be fighting. <laughs> but, but, you know, it helped everybody kind of like take a breath and calm down. But um, we did a lot of breathing techniques too. You said a moment ago about being aware of your unconscious reactions. And um, mm -hmm. I could hear kind of half of our listeners just go, oh, my God, what? Like, what does that mean? But as I'm listening to you, for me, what I'm piecing together to be aware of your unconscious reactions is really to be aware of your emotions, which kind of reminded me that you have this incredible kids book coming out. And I wanted to give some you know, time to talk about this. And you've called it Misalignment. The emotion fairy. So is yes. this a story about how you're parenting or teaching? Uh, well, tell us what the book is about. In 2016, I actually, um, my family faced a um, emergency, a family medical emergency when my father called me and told me that he had stage four cancer. And I reacted with such shock I just, I, I didn't even know what to do because I was kind of like, well, what happened to one, two, and three? How did everybody miss stage one, two, and three? And I kind of had, I had so many emotions pop up and my kids had a lot of emotions. And one day my daughter um, went out the sliding back door and she went outside and she slammed the door shut. And I just said to myself, oh my God, I wish that there was just some, an emotion fairy that could come down and help everyone because I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then I told that to my family and they said, well, mommy, that's impossible because you're the, you're our emotion fairy. So you have to be okay. Like we, you, you can have emotions, but you have to help all of us too. So I, that day I just wrote down this idea, like, God, wouldn't it be amazing? Like 
um, if this the motion fairy could come down and help families. And so um, the book is is it's inspiring families how to understand the power of emotions and the role that emotions play in creating healthy minds, bodies, and relationships. So I just really felt that if we can introduce emotions at a very young age and teach our children um, how to notice their emotions, how to understand that everybody has feelings and emotions, and you know, just as they learn how to like walk and read and do math, we also must yeah. learn the skill of experiencing, you know, identifying and managing our emotions in healthy, nonviolent ways. That's beautiful. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. What ages uh, is the book for? I know it's it's for everybody and adults, but what what ages would understand it? Probably like you know two and up. Three oh, and okay. Up. Yeah, like it's you know it's it's a very um, it's a picture book. It's um, it's a kids book, but like Jamie said, it's you know it's it's really it's for the families to work together to read it with their kids and to understand. And what I do is I have she has like a scroll um, on one of the pages, and she it says what does an emotion for you guide us to say? And it's really teaching the parents how to handle negative emotions, what to say, how to react, and um, you know, how they can manage that, that scenario for their family in a way that's, you know, loving and respectful and compassionate. That's beautiful. It sounds like a really good how-to guide. Yeah, it's like a little uh, parent helper yeah. keeping you accountable. Hey, Tina, I read something recently that people have an average eight words for all the emotions that they have in their, in their life. Eight go-to mm. names for their emotions. So does this book also help us kind of expand that vocabulary on how we feel? Because if identifying our emotions is kind of the top goal into getting us more conscious and more stress-free and aligned and healthy, we need more words to go along with it. <laughs> well, you know, so I believe that emotions are linked to intuition. If emotions are linked to our intuition and, you know, we're guiding parents to learn how to tune into their own thoughts and their own intuition and how they, how they feel. See, we can't teach our kids what we don't know, what we're not, you know, familiar with, what we're not comfortable with. So the, you know, the parents have to kind of upgrade their thinking and their skills to be able to tune in and tap into their own intuition so they can help their kids do that. And emotions, negative emotions usually occur when we're not listening to how we feel and we're not listening to our own intuition. So this book is just a gentle, gentle introduction to understanding the importance of emotions and the fact that everybody has emotions, including misalignment herself. She has emotions in the story. That's awesome. I love this. And it's really cool. At the end of the book, it has a couple activity pages, and one of it is um, has ten tips for raising your vibration, hmm. so kids can learn how to do that, how to take care of their energy. And it has a couple games and a couple coloring pages. So it's really, it's really cute. Oh my gosh, Tina! I am so standing behind you. Like this, I feel like you said needs to start at a very young age, where we talk about emotions, we talk about energy. You know, imagine what kind of adults we would get if we started giving them those core value life lessons at a young age with respect 
and not tell them because you're little, you don't get the right to express yourself or meet your own needs. So this is a huge right. movement in my book. Oh, thank you. I, I have a, a parent mantra that I'd love to share with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so it goes like this. As my child gets louder, I become quieter. So I am a grown-up capable of self-regulation as my child's first transformational leader, guide, and mentor. I intend to remain calm, kind, gentle, and nonviolent so I can help them manage their intense emotions. These emotions are simply a signal, sign, clue, or symptom letting us know that they need our help. As children's brains are developing, we have the ability to model for them how to safely handle our emotions and how we respond to others' emotions. Wow. You could hear a pin drop in the <laughs> studio over here. We're hanging on to every word. Oh. That is beautiful. I can't imagine having that and those words for me as I was raising my kids. Mm -hmm. I would have created a much more stress-free environment because I really felt like I was floating along by myself mm -hmm. because as I leaned on to my friends and their parenting skills, we were quite different. I also wanted to mention to our listeners that when they go to pranaboost.com, which we'll have the link below, that you have workshops, you have intro classes, and for them to kind of stay in touch if this resonates with you. Do you do consultations on the phone or via Skype? Video conferencing? I do. I offer one on I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and you can reach me by email at tina at pranaboost.com to learn more about that. And um, Jamie, I also have a free gift for your listeners. <gasps> what? That's <Yay>. exciting. Okay. <laughs> so I have um, a little ebook and it's called Five Ways to Lovingly Respond to Emotions. They can actually go to um, the, the link Pranaboost Parenting. It's actually, it's, a, it's actually a different link. It's actually um, feelingyourwaythroughparenting.com slash gift. Oh my gosh, Tina, that is the sweetest thing ever to offer that to us. Of course. I'm so happy to share. And trust and me, I use these as well. You are a living example of everything that you talk about. That's what makes this so powerful. And Lumineers, please get on the website, take a look, like, follow, all of that. That's what lets us entrepreneurs, or as Tina likes to say it, the mamapreneurs, know that you are looking for it and that they can provide it for you. It's an encouragement, creating those conscious communities that we need to enlighten ourselves. And Tina, I'm going to thank you so very much for being on the show today and sharing bits about your personal life and how you kind of come to this conscious awakening and parenting. It is so very helpful. And stay in touch with us. Let us know what you're up to. I would love to shout it from the rooftops about what your workshops are and your classes, because I think it's a really important for us to change this part in our society. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. I really appreciate the space and time together and to share these messages. And I also want to share that I do have a podcast that I recently just started up again called The Prana Boost Show. And my husband and I, you can, you can hear some of his input and discussion. We recently did a three-part series on emotions. So you can kind of hear a mom and, you know, a mom and dad's perspective. And where is your podcast available? It's on my website, 
pranaboost.com slash podcast. And you can also find us on iTunes. That's excellent. We'll mm -hmm. put those posts as well at the bottom. So Tina, thank you again for being here. And Lumineers, thank you so much for lending us your ears wherever you are today and whatever you're doing. And as we sign off, I like to remind everybody out there to remember it's not woo-woo. It's true, true. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.